2: All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where you can't spell dunk without D de- loading? Because surprisingly, D dunked the ball, as D'Angelo Russell himself would say. So, hashtag let D dunk. Dunk Angelo! Coco5. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today, making his triumphant return after his months long sabbatical. And after a pilgrimage to Japan, where he hung out with Rui Hashimura, I'm joined by Mr. Alan Takashi Riley, not the ghost of Alan Riley, the real Alan Riley himself, although I don't know, it's Halloween, maybe he is wearing a ghost costume. Alan, happy Halloween, happy Ween for the Clippers, but welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, sir. Happy uh, Jay honeyween to you <laughs> as well. I'm not dressed as a ghost, uh, I was dressed as Buzz Lightyear though, so there's that.
2: Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond we go. So, Alan, I know you went to Japan for the first time recently. Quickly, since we only have you on for a very short time, what was the best thing you ate there? And for first-time travelers to Japan, what's one word of advice you can give them? Okay, best thing I
1: had was in Tokyo. Went to this little mom-and-pop kind of hole-in-the-wall restaurant. They serve tonkatsu. And it was like so good. It was just home style cooking and it was the best tonkatsu I've ever had in my life. Um, I have yet to even eat tonkatsu here in the United States because I already know it's not going to be nearly as good as that. It's it's in the best way possible kind of ruined it for me. Um, so that was my best meal. And in terms of what I would recommend... Oh, man, I I guess you just have to know, like, what type of experience you want to have while in Japan. Mm. Um, Personally, like, I kind of never need to go to Tokyo ever again. it's not that I didn't like it. It's just it's a big city. You know, it's kind of like any other metropolitan place. Uh, I would rather be in like the smaller countryside uh, types of places. So Next time I go, that will be, like, kind of the main thing for me. Um, but if you enjoy shopping and stuff like that, by all means, go to Tokyo, go to Osaka, places like uh, places like those.
2: Very nice. You want to go to Karuzaiwa where Terrace House Opening New Doors was filmed. But look at that. We are more than just a Lakers podcast. We are a travel guide podcast as well. Speaking of Japan, after the Sacramento Kings loss you wonder whether Rui just flew back to Japan in a rage after the way Darwin Ham yanked him from the lineup after he was running hot in the fourth. And maybe his eye contusion injury is just a cover. Eh, Alan? What do you think? <laughs> Were you hanging out with Rui it's in Japan? A
1: conspiracy. <laughs> you know, no, conspiracy. I'm just kidding. On, yeah. on, a, on another side note about Japan, but relevant, so I hiked Mount Fuji as well. Ooh. And um, on the way up, we met up with, just coincidentally like a group of college students and they literally call themselves like adventure club or something. <laughs> and they were trying to practice their English. And I was trying to work on my Japanese and we had a conversation about the Lakers while we were there on oh, Mount shit. Fuji while eating some curry. Um, And they were like, Oh, you're from Los Angeles. Like, do you like Rui Hachimura? I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, of course I do. We talked about him. We talked about Utah Watanabe. And then they asked me if all Americans are fat. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, a lot of Americans are.
2: (laughs) Okay, we have gone off track well enough. But look at that. The Lakers and Rui Hachimura bringing people together, bringing the world together. Obviously, hope Rui's okay. He's day-to-day. Today, let's quickly talk about the Magic Game and catch up with Alan a bit to get his takes on the new look slash old look Lakers. So the Lakers last night beat the Magic in the second night of a back-to-back in another close game, 106-103. to The Lakers are now 2-2, well ahead of last year's schedule when they started 2-10. So we could lose the next eight straight and still be on par with last year, sadly. Um, Anthony Davis was incredible on both ends. D'Angelo Russell was incredible offensively all throughout the fourth quarter. LeBron James was also awesome in the fourth quarter with a couple of nifty drives as well as a clutch three-pointer. Allen... What was your favorite play of last night's game? Uh
1: man. Uh, I would say it was actually D'Angelo's kind of no-look pass uh, in the first quarter to it was Austin Reeves, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, I was like, Austin Reeves made more than one basket last night. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was that no-look dime. I want to say the baseline dunk, but I feel like that's kind of like low-hanging fruit. So I'll go with the pass. A lot of D Low, which we're going to get to, actually.
2: Yeah. I mean, Alan, how was that pitch by D'Angelo Russell? I know you're a Dodgers fan. Sorry about that. But could D'Angelo Russell be a bitcher? Uh, be a bitcher? Be a pitcher on the <laughs> Dodgers?
1: <laughs> There's too many bitchers on the Dodgers right now. <laughs> we don't need another one. Um, oh, yeah, dude. With that lefty um arm of his, I feel like he would have what's called a, a submarine delivery. It's this weird kind of like low thing. Mm-hmm. And D'Angelo has like kind of an interesting way of moving. So. I would definitely add D'Angelo Russell to the Dodgers starting pitching rotation.
2: Very nice. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he curved the bullet, the spin on that ball. It could have decapitated a player if if they were in the way, you know. Um, Pinpoint pass by D'Angelo Russell. My play of the night is also a D'Angelo Russell play, uh, but it also involves another player. And it is in, I think there was like a minute and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Christian Wood gets the ball. Shot clock is winding down, seven seconds, and I'm like, oh, God, here's Christian Wood. He's going to chuck this three. But he doesn't. He pump fakes like two times, and then he leans forward and does a wraparound pass to D'Angelo Russell, who's wide open for three. And then D'Angelo Russell nails that three. The Lakers go up by one second three in a row for him. And for me, I was like, for one thing, great, great shot by D'Angelo Russell, but also, Wow, great read by Christian Wood. And to me, that was like, what a growth play from someone like Christian Wood who in prior years or in other teams, you'd say that is definitely a Christian Wood chuck, but it wasn't. How much wood could a Christian Wood chuck chuck? But he passed the ball to D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo drained it, and yeah, that was the, uh, that catapulted the Lakers to the win in my opinion. So, those are our plays of the night. In terms of the actual game, Alan, what Were your thoughts on the game? You talked to me about Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell. Um, Anthony Davis last night had 26 points, 19 rebounds, five assists, one steal, three blocks, almost had a 20-20 game. I mean, he was everywhere. He's been everywhere through the early parts of this season because we've had Jared Vanderbilt out and you could... We're definitely missing the absence of Jared Vanderbilt and, you know, his motor, his energy, his athleticism. And in that absence, I mean... AD's really overcompensated for him. Um, AD's getting the stops, he's grabbing the rebounds, he's saving the ball out of bounds and doing mini pirouettes to pitch it back out, he's running the break himself, he's passing the ball, blocking people left and right. Anthony Davis was amazing last night. On the season, AD is averaging 26 points, 14 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.5 steals, 2.8 blocks, and 43% from three. Last night was actually the first game throughout the 23-24 season leading back to the first game of preseason where Anthony Davis hadn't hit a three-pointer. Prior to that, he had hit eight straight. He had had eight straight games where he had hit at least one three-pointer. But besides that, he was tremendous defensively, offensively. D'Angelo Russell, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Um, The other night versus the Kings, he also had 12 points and five assists in the fourth quarter and overtime. He actually scored 12 of the Lakers' last 17 points in the fourth, and I feel like he's really picked up the slack for Austin Reeves as Reeves continues to try to get his sea legs underneath him. And as I mentioned, he hit that three from the Christian Wood pass, but he also had that really nice uh, behind-the-back crossover three where he had Gary Harris almost skating the other way, sliding the other way. Uh, that was one of those, no, no, what are you doing, what are you doing, yes, threes, Allen. where it's like, wait, it's early shot clock in transition. What do we do? And we haven't hit threes all night, but D'Angelo Russell stuck that one three that I feel like really shifted the momentum for the Lakers. So he had the two biggest threes of the night last night. Um, 28 points, eight assists, 10 of 14 from the field, three of six from three, his three ball finally fell. As you know, he also dunked the ball, but outside of that dunk, D'Angelo Russell continues to relentlessly drive the ball to the rim in order to score uh, five of his 10 field goals last night were all dribble dri- all dribble drives to the rim. So I've really loved D'Angelo Russell's aggressive mentality this season. And, you know, even defensively, he's been a lot handsier on defense. He just needs to box out a little better. But, yeah, what are your overall thoughts on the game last night?
1: Yeah, I don't want to be redundant with your D'Lo comments, so I won't say too much, but those are the exact points that were in my head is um, just his finishing ability right now. Um, I can't tell just by looking at him if he got stronger necessarily, but I feel like he's able to finish through contact, um, a lot better. Uh, he had this one kind of like lefty push shot went high off the backboard yesterday. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like previously he would have settled a lot of times. Like what you said, shooting a lot of jumpers, just kind of chucking, um, ill-advised shot selection. And, um, He just seems to be in a really good groove and has a good feel for things right now. So it's been great to watch. And yeah, as you also mentioned, the deflections defensively. I feel like we started to see that a little bit towards the end of last year. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's great that he's having, you know, his presence is being felt on both ends of the floor. Um, Other takeaways, just overall. I mean, yeah, obviously 80 at this point, it feels like, oh man, like he's having all these... (laughs) bounce back games which is just emotions talking uh just because of what happened in the first game of the season so um it's great yeah to see ad um, just being really aggressive and shouldering a little bit more the burden i would say with us trying to maybe successfully slightly um limit lebron's minutes um yeah I, i would say that those are my positive takeaways you know christian wood as well Um, Mm -hmm. he, he's had some, some nice catch and shoot wide open threes. Um, and I feel like he's earning a lot more minutes in the rotation. We'll see what happens down the line, but he's getting quite a bit of PT, um, kind of pushing like a Jackson Hayes out, not getting as many minutes over there. So, uh, those are the, you know, young (laughs) impressions at this point, which in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll see what kind of stuff we'll be saying.
2: Yeah, for sure. So Christian Wood especially. So in the Sacramento game the night before, Darvin Ham went small with you know Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, um, Torian Prince. And obviously the Lakers got killed on the boards. They couldn't grab an offensive rebound. But like the Phoenix Suns game, when Christian Wood did a very admirable job defensively against Kevin Durant, Darvin Ham went again to Christian Wood to close last night. And I thought that was very telling. And what have you seen from Wood thus far outside of the shooting? Because... Him and AD, man, I didn't think I would say this this early on in the season, but they have formed this sort of weird, versatile Twin Towers duo, and Woods rebounding has been essential. And last night, he was getting a couple blocks as well, and I posted a video on Twitter just showing them building a wall and how how much trouble they gave all of the Orlando Magic's drivers into the paint. Like, the Orlando Magic couldn't get anything in the paint. They shot like 40%, and a lot of that was due to wood's length, anthony davis's length. wood is a lot better of a defensive player when he's got anthony davis behind him, but even just on his own, his 7 foot 3 wingspan has really been causing havoc and also his mobility. so, yeah, your thoughts on wood with that, in that regard?
1: Yeah. Totally agree with you. Um I feel like signing him was kind of a under the radar move that happened late uh obviously towards the end of the off season, but It's really weird to me that Christian Wood almost feels like a reclamation project when, to me, it's not like he ever had a crazy drop-off or anything. He's just been moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I know he had, like, one breakout season in Houston, and there's a lot of hype. And then after that, yeah, it's just sort of been shuffling. But I was really excited for when we signed him, like you said, because of his length. Um, And the fact that there's less pressure on him to perform, where he's not even in like our top five options in terms of having to rely on him to do stuff, maybe taking the pressure off uh, is making a big difference. So um, yeah, I'm really happy to see that he's become a solid part of the rotation and kind of a guy that actually we're going to depend on, um, especially on the defensive end of the floor.
2: Yeah. Surprisingly so. Right. But yeah, good on Christian Wood. And again, that play last night where he made the the correct and right read Passing it to D'Angelo Russell, the hot hand. Like, awesome growth already in just, you know, four games from Christian Wood. All right, why don't we take it to break. When we return, let's close it out and get Allen's further thoughts on the team as a whole. So we will catch you guys after the turn. All right, so we are back. So, Allen, Austin Reeves has had a topsy-turvy sort of start to this year, obviously, with FIBA and the long summer that he had. He is probably literally trying to get his sea legs underneath him. But also, at the same time, you can tell he's also maybe trying to shake off the rust and get into a better rhythm overall. Uh, I thought he, he looked better last night. He had an open three, 11 points. I believe he had a couple assists as well. But he was benched to close the game. And I think with Jared Vanderbilt out right now, the rule of thumb for the Lakers, unfortunately, is probably you can't close with both Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell because Jared Vanderbilt was kind of the pillar that upheld that duo together. And you're seeing if you close with even just Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves, uh, we are not athletic enough we're not physical enough to go up against the league's prime guards like De'Aaron Fox or Malik Monk, right? So right now it's going to have to be whoever's running hot between D'Lo and Austin Reeves. But that's just one storyline surrounding this Lakers group. I guess... Are you worried about Austin Reeves? And then you can take that into your impressions of the team as a whole thus far through four games. And I'm going to tack on questions here, so try not to get, try not to get too lost. But given the offseason that we had, if you can take yourself back to all the moves that we made, and we never got to catch up on this, I'm interested to know your impressions. What did you think about this team when we were assembled? Were you super excited? And through four games thus far, have they lived up to your expectations? Or are you a little bit worried about the slow progression?
1: Yeah, I think overall to answer, because you asked, like, are you worried about Austin Reeves at this point? Um, am I worried about how the team is or isn't gelling? And just, you know, do are we living up to the hype that was kind of built up on paper? So I'm not worried about anything Uh, starting with Austin Reeves, like you said, it's the sea legs thing, long summer. Um, I mean, this is what his third year in the league, right? I feel like year one for rookies is, oh my God, this is a lot of games. (laughs) And then for him year two was, oh, this is a lot of games plus because of the playoffs. Uh, now (laughs) he played all summer long and we saw him sitting out half of the preseason games on the LeBron James, um, you know, what's it called? Uh, I can't think of the the phrase for it Um, the body management stuff not playing you know so um, the fact that he's 20 something years old sitting out those games just goes to show like his body's probably still like not at that point where he can handle all of that basketball essentially year round so right now when he uh, gets to kind of the mid range a lot of his shots are left short um, just off the front of the rim. I feel like that's a telltale sign of just being fatigued, even though we've only played four games this season. Um, so I'm not worried. I, I think it's just going to take some time for him. And I'm sure that there is part of it where he's pressing a little. It's not that he's bad shots or anything, but I think that he wants them to go in so badly, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, he, if he starts to adopt kind of a less is more mindset, and uh, just play a little bit looser, then things will fall into place in, in time. Uh, so yeah, not worried about that. I guess the only other concern, whether you believe very much in plus minus stats is, you know, he has a pretty bad <laughs> plus minus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be the worst on the team. And normally we're, we'll see him make an impression in other places on the floor. So, uh, but still not going to overreact to it at this point. <clears throat> and then, um, just as far as like my impressions of the team when they built it in the offseason, I was excited. You know, I, I feel like we added high-caliber players, um, was very excited for uh, the shooting and like the defense that we've added. Obviously, Gabe Vincent uh, hit his first three last night in the game, so that was kind of a sigh of relief. Like, oh, God, another one of those dudes that comes and all of a sudden forgot how to shoot the basketball. Yep. But then you got a guy like Torian Prince, who I will say... Back in like 20, freaking 14 or 15 or something—I don't know—it was a long time ago. I added Torian Prince to my team that I was managing in NBA 2K, and I was so happy to have that guy. And for everything to freaking come full circle now is—I feel like I know this dude so well.
2: That's hilarious.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Psh. I used to knock down those corner threes of Torian Prince all the time. I'm not shocked by this shit at all.
2: Are you sure you're not confusing Torian Prince with current Lakers assistant head coach Damari Carroll? Cause they're very similar players and Torian Prince was drafted in 2016.
1: <laughs> I don't remember when I used to play 2K. It's It's been a minute, <laughs> but uh, whatever the last version of 2K was that I purchased, I definitely had Torian Prince on that team. Nice. Um, but yeah, super happy with him. And then like I already mentioned, Christian Wood, you know, to start the season, I was very happy about that sign. I thought it was super underrated. But, yeah, I think a lot of people were most excited, of course, to be retaining our core in Rui, in Austin Reeves, in D'Angelo. Now, of course, you know, Rui hasn't had the strongest game so far. We just talked about Austin. So it might seem like things are kind of a downer right now. But ironically, it's the guys that we were happiest to bring back. Um, That being said. I'm not panicking because it's only, you know, been so many games. Um, I just think that at this point, the team is still gelling. There's still a lot of new pieces as well. As you mentioned with Bando being out, even though it's one player, maybe we sound like, man, you guys are always making excuses. Like one dude is hurt and you're saying that's throwing, you know, so much off, but for him, yeah, I, I do think that his presence is really missed and it does mess up our rotations. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with this uh, with this squad.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and I'm not worried just because, obviously on paper when they assembled this team, we had a lot of depth, we had a lot of versatility. Now we're sort of dealing with the problem of more, Alan, where yeah. it's now in the coach's hands to find the best fit and, fully realize the potential of this team i believe d'angelo russell had a quote the other night where he said the solutions and the answers are in the locker room now it's about finding the best possible fit right it's rubik's cubing things together alan could you say that same quote for last year's team at the beginning of training camp hell no no, the solutions were definitely not in the locker room. In fact, the solutions was making sure some players were traded out of the locker room. So comparing, you know, this team right now to last year's team, we are way ahead of schedule still. And that's why for me, it's like, maybe I'm being too naive, but I really like this group of guys. I think the chemistry is still great off court. Um I know we didn't. We don't look as great as we did when you know this team was running on fumes after the trade deadline last year. But this team is still a team that I'm excited to follow and watch as they progress. Obviously, the honeymoon phase th- that we had from the exciting play in and Western Conference run has worn off. Maybe the book is out on Austin Reeves, and that's what he's dealing with as well. You know, the whistle is not coming as easily from the refs on those you know physical uh, foul calls that he used to get. The scouting report is, is out on him in terms of teams honing more into him. But overall, this is still a good group of guys who like each other and all seem motivated to improve upon their Western Conference final showing last season. And again, compared to the limbo roster we were stuck with at this same time last year, I mean, it's night and day. And for me, we're making progress every game as opposed to running on a hamster wheel aimlessly like we were last year where we were like, when is this trade going to happen? This is not the group. What are we doing even playing games with this group? We're running AD and LeBron into the ground. I don't have any of those same feelings this time around. And even though we're only 2-2, and and even though we are starting to see some potentially glaring problems and issues, these guys still make a lot of sense on the court. And... You know, again, as opposed to last year when we still had Russell Westbrook, we knew the answers were definitely not in the locker room. The answer was in a trade, uh, but for some reason, again, we were still rolling out this dilapidated roster in a futile manner. This year, the team has a clear direction, and on paper, the pieces still fit. We just haven't seen certain things come to fruition yet, like the shooting or the offensive execution of this five-out system that everybody is trying to learn Or the best and we're also working on trying to figure out the best defensive lineups and slowly but surely, oh look, Christian Wood and Anthony Davis kind of work together, right? So any last thoughts on what I just mentioned?
1: Yeah, I think you bring up good points as far as referring to last year's team, particularly at the end of the season when we were making our way through the playoffs as fans, right? It's easy to sort of pick up where we left off in your head. (laughs) Like, all right, cool, we rolled out a lot of the same dudes let's just keep going it's like no this is a brand new season you can't approach it that way um as nice as it would be for us to just come out like gangbusters right so people just gotta to quote aaron Rodgers, r-e-l-a-x just relax (laughs) it's okay uh two and two right like it is what it is we freaking could easily be one and three uh so many close games um that being said we could also be three and one so it's fine um guys except for vando are still healthy <laughs> that's a good thing you gotta count your blessings right that nothing nothing weird is happening um early in the season i feel like we're, we're in a good spot
2: yeah and i think even with regards to us not being able to hit our three-point shots yet you're still seeing the depth come into play right because alan last year would we have been able to survive games if Austin Reeves looked as poorly as he did right now? would we have been able to survive games if Jared Vanderbilt was out? No, like right now we're seeing, oh, D'Angelo Russell stepped up in a big way. Christian Wood has stepped up in a big way. Torian Prince is doing what he can and hitting shots every other game. You know, it's like 20 points, zero points, 18 points, zero points. But whatever, that's still very useful in Jared Vanderbilt's absence. So even still, you're seeing the depth that we compiled slowly come into fruition. And I think once we have more of the pieces, once Darvin Ham has a better handle on the rotation and how he wants to play these guys, I think you'll st- slowly start to see that continuity that we brought forth uh, eventually snap into place. Uh, my last question to you, Alan, before we close this episode out is, who is who has been your favorite new Laker thus far from what you've seen through four games?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Christian Wood. Yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. like, as you mentioned, making a lot of smart plays, not looking just to score, um, just sort of settling into his role and and fitting in. Um, I feel like a lot of times we'll sign guys who we're very excited about, and then suddenly they're lost in the rotation, they're buried on the bench, and then there's no spot for them, and it kind of sucks. He has been the complete opposite. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's
2: my pick. Very nice. Yeah. I, Christian Wood has been the standout surprise thus far. And now my last last question is, what would you hope to see moving forward from this team in the four games that we've seen thus far outside of the obvious? Like, hit your shots, guys.
0: Shoot better.
1: Um, I think that we need to do a better job of defending the three-point line. And I think we need to have better transition defense. I don't think those two things are unrelated at all. Uh, the defense has been driving me Kind of crazy these first four games. It's it's fr- very frustrating. Um, I, I feel like we're just not like we don't know where a man is. We have kind of poor awareness right now. Uh, some of that though, I think, is just chemistry, communication. Players a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, we just need to learn to trust each other." Everyone throws that out as like a red flag comment. It's like, no, 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 they don't. Not personal trust, right? It's like understanding each other um, and knowing where one another is going to be. So I guess. Also, that's just another chemistry thing that takes some time, but I'm hoping to see less wide open threes from the opponent and then us doing a better job of stopping other teams in transition like that Sacramento game. Oh, my God. So frustrating. Um, and yeah, we've got you know, we got a game against the Clippers coming up. That's that's going to be freaking interesting, too, in light of what happens. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at.
2: Yeah, luckily I don't think James Harden will play, and the Clippers just shipped out like four forwards, so they only really have Kawhi and Paul George, and I don't even think P.J. Tucker is going to play, but yeah, hopefully, so Rui <laughs> hopefully Rui Hachimura is ready to play because we could use him against his uh, clone, Kawhi Leonard, uh, but yeah, I agree with you, I think the Lakers need to continue to hone in on the defensive end, especially communication-wise. At the very least, I think you can tell that the guys are communicating with each other and you've seen a lot of miscommunications with, you know, two guys going <laughs> going towards one player when they were supposed to switch. You see the wires being crossed, but, you know, it's four games into the season and at the very least, they're working the kinks out and they're continuing to try and communicate and fix things. It, it's ironic that in the Kings game, actually, I think the Kings only had seven fast break points. You would probably... it doesn't match up with the eye test, right? Because their pace is so quick and they get into their, they, they get into their offense really quickly, you know? So I guess they wouldn't even categorize like the Lakers could be four guys back, but the Kings are so quick to just pull up, pull up in transition and hit a three that that's not categorized as a fast break point, you know? But the biggest thing is, again, like I mentioned without Vanderbilt right now, I don't know if we can be playing two guards, unphysical guards, like, and actually, I don't want to categorize Austin Reeves as unphysical, but you can tell right now he just doesn't have it. Um, I don't know if you can be playing both D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves out there because they're continually getting roasted by these quick, fast guards who keep driving it into the lane, penetrating and then kicking it out to other shooters and then guys are getting caught up in screens. So I agree with you in terms of being able to track three-point shooters, trying to get back, trying to, use, trying to look more athletic than we actually are. It's tough because when you start a unit out there with LeBron James, who's aging Torian Prince, who does a decent job, but can't hold up against the premier wings of the league. And obviously can't hold up against the faster guards like De'Aaron Fox at this stage. You're not sure where the athleticism and motor is coming from, from the starting unit outside of AD. So that's a lot on AD's plate. Luckily we have guys like Christian Wood, hopefully Rui Hachimura is back. Um, And slowly but surely, Austin Reeves continues to round into form. But, yeah, it's going to be a process. I'm titling this episode, Alan, Work in Progress, Uh, Whip It Good. W-I-P-It Good. But, yeah, so far, two and two. Uh, The fact that we are still just trying to stem the tide and patchwork quilt this together and getting wins is a good thing. And, uh yeah, again, this is still a great group of guys to follow, and the vibes seem still okay. Although a, lot, a bunch of people are saying Max Christie's been moping on the bench, and I'm like, I don't know about that, but whatever. How, what um, with hold that on, said, that a, sorry, what
1: you say? How, how can how can anyone tell that he's moping on the bench just by looking at his face?
2: Yeah, because he has a very stoic look on his face and because I guess Dude, he didn't he always
1: looks like that. It's fine. And he's never, he's I... never going to get wrinkles. It's OK.
2: <laughs> and and because he didn't stand up for like one cheering play or whatever. And like people were like, Uh-oh, is, "Uh oh, is trouble brewing in paradise for the Lakers? I'm like, Max Christie is a second round pick who we have team control over. You're acting like this is uh anthony davis who's upset you know like even if max christie was upset do you think he's gonna topple down the chemistry of this team uh so it's just like man do we always need so, like this this lakers team this offseason even this training camp has been so drama free that i feel like people need to fabricate yeah that's what at this it point. Is. it's okay
1: um, for things to be kind of like boring people it's a good thing
2: if you want the drama, look over to the other side of the locker room with the Clippers because they just got Fat Harden and P.J. Tucker, okay? I know he's not fat <laughs> anymore, but, you know, that is going to be the team to look at. Freaking Harden, Westbrook are back together, Oh <laughs> George, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, look to that team for drama. We don't need it right now. We've got, we've just got Ron to figure Lou, man. We're Tyronn exactly. We've just got to figure out the minutes, the fit, and everything should be fine. All right, with that said, Alan, thank you for joining us again and gracing us with your presence after uh, this uh, sabbatical of yours, and thank you for your Japan tips. With that said, happy Halloween, everybody. We will catch you guys next time. Alan, I will catch you again on another day when hopefully the Lakers have won again and we are above 500, and Austin Reeves is playing more like himself. See ya. <laughs> Later, dude. Peace.